If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Two weeks down, eight. Two, <laughs> How many? Two weeks down, 16 more weeks to go in the NFL season. It's almost over. Can you believe that? You know, I always remembered as a kid loving the, that first month of the season saying, oh, every team so is like 3-1 and one or 4-0 and oh and 2-2. Two and two. Look how much football we have left to go and then once you start seeing teams play eight games nine games you're like oh crap it's almost it's we're, almost we're, over. we're halfway through it and then the super bowl is so bittersweet biggest game of the year but you know once that ends that's it we're in the dark ages mm-hmm. for another six months great week two uh across the nfl board though so much dramatic uh happenings with the comebacks and and upsets that went down yeah where do you want to start first we'll start in the afc north okay. we'll start with our brethren in the division Every which, single... which 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 loss do you want to start with first? Well, it's funny because on Fireside Friday, on Friday, we said we are very confident that all four AFC North teams are going to win, win this week and all four losses. Yep. So it shows you exactly how much we know. But hey, when you think about it, that means that they're, they're all in the same exact spot that we predicted them they would be in. Mm-hmm. So kudos to us. We, everyone is tied. For, it. Everyone is tied for first except for the Bengals. And the Steelers have the tiebreaker, baby. That's true. The season ended today. Your AFC North champions. Are the Pittsburghs because they're the only ones with a division win, right? And you know what? Here's the th- here's one last take about the Steelers before we get into it. Okay. People are using that now as like a oh, thank God everybody else lost, so we're good. No, you should have won that game and taken an even bigger lead mm-hmm. on everybody else. Like mm-hmm. you should have started to get a nice strong footing and be the only two and and0 team in the division while everybody else has one loss. So I don't view that as a silver lining. No, as a, oh well, at least no everybody s- lost and we're still in the same spot. You could have been in a better spot if you won a game. You should have won. There's no silver lining to that game. The only one you could say possibly is the play of Minka, and sadly enough, he clearly wasn't he even able to bring it to the house. No. That son of a bitch. Like, is he, How is he ever going to step up and take one to the house? Jesus. Let's start with the Ravens and the Dolphins. Because okay. uh, the Ravens, I think, are both of our favorites to win the AFC North this year. And yes. man, did they look the part in the beginning of this game. Lamar Jackson is for sure on an MVP mm-hmm. trajectory this season. Despite the despite loss. Despite the loss, because his numbers were buku. 119 yards rushing on the ground. He had over 300 yards through the air. He had... Was it four total touchdowns on the day? I mean, I heard that he's the only guy in NFL history possibly to have both a 75 plus touchdown pass and a 75 plus touchdown run in the same game. 
Nothing, That's bonkers. No, nothing that he did in this game is the reason why the Ravens no. lost. In fact, it's it's really impressive that the Dolphins beat the Ravens when Lamar Jackson was at his best. Like mm-hmm. he was at the height of his powers in that game, he running was, for the right. touchdowns, throwing the ball all over the field for deep touchdowns. I mean, it wasn't like you got a. Uh, it wasn't like the Dolphins game last year where you blitzed the hell out of him and he just struggled the entire time and, and never really looked himself. He was dominant. He was an MVP in this game. The Dolphins were just a little bit better on the offensive side of things. Uh, Tua, six touchdown passes, over 400 yards through the air. I don't know if we ever thought that kind of game was capable for Tua. No. I mean, we we had realistic expectations for the Dolphins' offense when Tyreek Hill arrived, saying, okay, you got a playmaker, but do you really believe in Tua enough to not only get him the ball, but also to get Jalen Waddle 150 yards and two touchdowns on his end? Two toddies. Jalen Waddle's a huge playmaker, too. They got two That's playmakers. what I'm saying is that, okay, you saw Tyreek come in and you were thinking to yourself, Tua's probably going to be good enough to get Tyreek the ball and, and feed Tyreek, but not spread the ball around and really have everyone kind of on their heels as to saying, who are you going to cover here, Tyreek or Jalen Waddle? They're both equally good. You didn't see that coming at all, especially two touchdowns apiece, both over 100 yards. I think Tyreek had, what, 190-something yards? Yeah, he's throwing up the peace sign on the second touchdown. Just total blown coverage from the Ravens mm-hmm. secondary. He's wide open behind everybody else. This is what he did. He's just that good. He's so good. Waddle's so, so good. So does that make you more inclined to say he is going to go down as one of the best receivers ever, possible Hall of Famer. Yes. Because he's now doing it without Mahomes. Yeah, he's still got a few more years yeah, to put on Yeah, but he's that. got a ring, and he's he's been doing this now for almost a decade. No, he's top five for sure in the NFL, no question about it. And if he, can, do- can, if he can continue to do this for five more years, then Hall of Fame is going to come He's been doing it. this for seven seasons now. So that's that's no that's no fluke. That's no oh he was a hot rookie because he, he was so young. He was still really spry. Now he's been a, he's a veteran now and he's still doing this. But we knew Hill was good. We knew Waddle was good from last year. But it was we didn't all about know. Tua. And we didn't know Tua could could do this. We could not. We did not. No. But now that you've seen him do it, is this is this the fluke or is this the guy? I'm not saying he's going to be a six touchdown guy every game, but is this more like what we're going to see now where? You know, Dolphins are never dead. They have a quarterback that can always come back in a game. They have a quarterback that can put up 40 points. Right. Do you think the Dolphins, not going to say the new version, but another version of the Chiefs, right, where Patrick Mahomes can be down by, what wait, What was it in the NFC or AFC divisional round? Against he had the Texans. 30, he had, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Against the Chiefs last, or against the Bills last oh, year. Oh, oh, oh. Gabe Davis has his fourth touchdown with only 30-some seconds left to go. And somehow... 13 it, seconds left. 13 okay. seconds yeah. left to go. Thank you. And he somehow still comes down the field and Gets leads his field offense goal. to a game-tying touchdown. Or a game-tying field yeah. goal. It, I mean, I'm not saying... Again, you can't say it's the new version or the replacement of it because Mahomes is still there in Kansas City. still lighting teams up. But this could be... 1A, 1B, or top two alongside Kansas City in terms of explosive offenses that you can never count out. They scored 28 points in the fourth quarter. The Dolphins did. Uh, Ravens only scored three. I think this is a game where we learned more about the Dolphins and mm-hmm. feel better about the Dolphins than we feel bad about the Ravens. I mean, Ravens still scored 38 points. Yes, like, but you thought that with getting back Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, that secondary Plus the, I'm, I'm blanking on the name, the guy that they signed this year uh, as another 
member of that secondary, you thought that defense could have equally been as dominant as the offense. And yes, that, that's and not the case. Maybe, well, uh, maybe that's it is. not the case after week two. Maybe it is the case, just not against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Okay, those that's, two might that's be the not, be, that might be the best one too in nah. the league. Right you know, now. we've had that conversation a lot, and we've really yet maybe that's an as an episode in the future where we actually sit down and say who is the best one two punch because we've talked about Jefferson and Thielen, Chase and Higgins, Evans and, and Godwin, uh, Lockett and Metcalf. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that have good duos. But I don't but really know. Hill and Waddle are up there. Something real special, especially with the, Waddle's youth. They're and, having the best season right now, out of all those names that we've just listed. They're literally one and two in receiving yards yes. right now, and as far as the league, Cooper Cup sitting in third place. <laughs> so, and Tua leads the league in passing yards. They're they're the, as it stands right now, they're the Chiefs of the past few years. They are the juggernaut when it comes two to two games. Offense. Sure, I love the Cleveland Browns. The display from their fan base in the parking lot before Horrible. the game. Horrible. Disgusting. If you don't believe in karma, you raise an eyebrow a little bit when they lost how epically they did after that horrible display. I will say this. There are a lot of Cleveland people, fans, media, whatever, who have said that is not, that that is one little tailgate group you're, that is not yeah, everybody in the yes. parking lot's doing that. You're not going to ever associate, you know, an entire group of people just based based on a, a few's actions, but I'm sorry. It, it's just a bad look for your entire fan base when you have people act acting like this. And I know there are some good Cleveland Browns fans out there that would never do that and, and don't condone that, but your logo and your colors are attached to that image mm-hmm. on the internet that we're forever going to see. I not only that, I think that the Browns like kind of sponsor that tailgate group. Oh man, that's tough. If that's true, that's just tough. It's like you know how the but Steelers have, but it's also have... just beautiful because they lost the game in such yeah. epic fashion. I mean, literally, have you? Can you remember a worse loss? I think going into that game and the number, the exact number escapes me, but teams going into a thirteen to nothing or a thirteen point lead with less than two minutes to go were two hundred and eleven or two hundred and fifteen <laughs> and oh and oh Tom. They had on ESPN's uh, matchup predictor, they had a ninety nine point nine percent chance to win the game at one point. So the Jets were operating on a point one percent chance of winning the football game that they actually end up winning. Boy, would I have loved to hit the Jets live. The live line, it was probably like plus a billion or something mm-hmm. crazy like that. But Joe Cool leads him down the field a couple times. Joe Cool. And, and the original Joe Cool. Hey, you laugh, but like you can't tell me that experience didn't help in that moment. When when they got the onside kick and it wasn't like Zach Wilson like, oh bleep, man, we can actually win this game now. This is crazy. I can't believe things are coming together like this. Like you know Joe Flacco was like, man, I'm Joe Cool. I won a Super Bowl before. This is nothing. I used to lead comebacks like this all the time. Although not like this because, again, we've never seen a comeback no, quite like that. Not with that team, but certainly against that team, he did that for sure. Yes, for sure. And Joe Flacco owns the Browns. Like, I know that's not surprising since he was a Ravens quarterback, but like I saw a stat that he's like 18-3 and career against the Cleveland Browns as a starter. So, like, mm. hey, when you were when Big Ben and Joe Flacco were running the division for a decade— they they racked up a lot of double digit uh, double they doubled up the Browns a lot in a season whenever they were at the top of their game. So I, I get him having that many wins, but man, 
you don't want to see old 36-year-old no. Joe Flacco in the Jets uniform turning back no, the clock and, and throwing the ball deep down the field to Jacoby Jones and getting pass interferences or whatever you want. Joe Flacco, the Jets. He was, was so pumped up in the locker room after the game, too, Joe Flacco. He was jumping up and down like crazy. How do you, t- how do you hand it off to Zach Wilson now? If Joe wins Joe, so, a couple more games and he keeps throwing for 300-plus yards. Right. He's now still in that top five in passing yards. Number three behind Carson Wentz and Tua. That's a wild top three. And then Justin Herbert's number four. <laughs> that makes sense. It's the only one that makes sense in that top four. But I don't, Tom, I really don't know how you hand things. I mean, the only explanation I could see is that Joe somehow either not loses the magic, but he's 36 and he oh. shows it. Oh, he's going to lose the magic. Yeah. It's a matter of time before he, he but bleeps the bed here. I mean, like, yes, for sure he will. But it could also be in. It, sh- it could be. Hey, I'm 36. This was a fun two week stretch. My body is killing me I'm for out this. Now. Yeah, yeah. I-, I can't do it. Bring anymore. the kid in. I'm yeah. done. <laughs> How about the Jets open up with a tour of the AFC North? Ravens, Browns. They play the Bengals this week, and then, and then they're they, at the Steelers. It's four AFC it's North four straight teams? AFC North wow. games for the Jets to open up the season. And Joe Flacco. It's the Joe Flacco revenge tour on the division. That's exactly what it is. That's what it is. And it ends. It ends with the Steelers, right? It ends but, at Pittsburgh. Yeah. Well, what's more poetic? Which could be Zach Wilson's first game. What's back, more say. poetic? Is it ending against your former team or ending against the team who your arch rival, your your biggest rival? <sighs> he used to beat us so many times on those stupid Sunday Night Football deep. Oh, pack, I hated deep those. That, to you know, Tory Smith. That, oh, I hated that those. That bomb that he hit Garrett Wilson with to it wasn't the game tying touchdown. It was the one the that first made it thirty one? Yeah. to twenty four. Flashbacks. He yep. always used to do that. He always used to hit somebody. The deep, if you had to pick one thing that Joe Flacco was great at, it was making deep the other team accuracy. get defensive pass mm-hmm. interferences. Mm-hmm. But then the second thing would be he no, threw he, a hell of a deep ball. He I mean, had he, really he had the better the best wherewithal to just say, oh, this is an now offensive led league. Coach or refs love throwing flags for defensive pass interference. And at the time, right, the rule has now changed. Whenever there was, wherever on the field the defensive pass interference was made, is where the ball was advanced to. Right, that yes. now that penalty now that's is only now fifteen been, yards again. Right. I don't know how no one else took advantage of it better than Joe Flacco. He just said, "I'm going to chuck it up there but and it, pray that the other guy is going to hold my guy or interfere with my guy." And there we go. That's fifty yards without really doing much. But it was also just like, he, like you said, he had a great accuracy on the deep ball, and he could float that thing up there. Like, he well, had yeah, so the one, much hang time. The one that always sticks out to you is against Denver. Denver, yeah, yeah. where the Broncos defender tried just, to undercut just, it, and the, the ball just jump the ball attempt. just grew wings yeah, right. and kept floating over him, and for a touchdown, and the Ravens would go on to win the. Super Bowl, much to everybody's chagrin in Pittsburgh. Uh, but the Browns are an epic embarrassment, Horrible. and they just continue to epically On embarrass themselves. On every level, themselves. right? Yes, but it does make me nervous that they're going to beat the Steelers next week. Hmm. I, I mean, we said this when what? comparing, okay, well, the Jets are really bad, so you got to beat the Jets, but oh crap, they just beat the Browns, so you can beat the Browns, but oh no, now you have the Jets who just beat the Browns, so you're going to lose to the Jets? I, I think you'll probably split those two games. Look, they got to make it until that Texans game on December fourth when Deshaun the Browns when Deshaun Watson comes back. The Browns do. I think they might look back at that Jets loss, and that's the reason why they didn't make the playoffs as a wild card when Deshaun came back or were in the hunt. Because I think they could have started four and zero when they win that game. They beat the Steelers, then they beat the Falcons on the road in Week Four. 
But then you've got the Chargers, the Patriots, the Ravens, the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Bills, the Buccaneers. Like that's a losing streak waiting mm-hmm. to happen. So you wanted to build up as much. You wanted, you wanted to put, stack wins. Wanted to put yeah. as much wins in the bank as you could before he came back, and to, to have one stolen that epically. I'm pl- I'm glad it happened. I hope I hope Browns fans I, are listening out there. I'm very glad it happened to you. It couldn't have happened to a more deserving fan base. Fan base, but also organization. Yes. If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. What's up with the Bengals, man? Are we going to have to change that E to a U again? Are they the Bungles? The Bungles again? Because oh. we spent all offseason saying, hey, these aren't the Bungles anymore. They're going to come they're back. Gonna, they're, don't, don't treat them like the old Bungles. The Steelers aren't just going to roll over them. Well, they did, and then they also got rolled over by Cooper Rush. In the last 20 years, Tom, there's only been two teams to lose the Super Bowl and start the very next season 0-2. It was the Seahawks after they lost to the Patriots. Didn't make the playoffs. Didn't year. make the playoffs. And now the Bengals start 0-2 after losing the Super Bowl. And I still think they're going to make the playoffs. Oh! They're getting Ooh. a ton of favors from the Ravens, the Browns, and the Steelers. And i got to be honest with you, they got a big favor from the Steelers. Steelers already had the win in hand. Get a chance to go to a 2-0 record against the team you absolutely should have beaten in the Patriots. And then you you drop one. And now the Bengals start 0-2, but they're looking up and they're saying, we control our own destiny and we're only down by one game. Hmm. So as far as, like, as far as dire, like, if the Ravens and the Steelers were both 2-0, then it would be like, oh, Bengals are in trouble. They got a lot of ground to make up already. But the fact that they're a game back and they play everybody still in that division one time at least, two times for the Ravens and the Browns, I think they're going to be just fine. You don't think so. You think they're the Bungles, huh? I'm not saying they're going to be the Bungles, but it's going to be hard to come back from an 0-2 start. That offensive line is bad. Well, I think that's the biggest issue. Burrow got sacked, what, six times again six against the Cowboys? He's, a league leading now, 13 sacks far allowed. Far away ahead of the league. So he, he led the league last year, too. Ironically, you have the Steelers who didn't really make a big splash play. They went out and got Mason Cole, and they went out and got James Daniels, but people were so... Observing training camp and saying, oh, no, this this offensive line really is not great. They should have done what the Bengals did, which is they went out and they got two guys. They went out and spent millions and millions of dollars to what they thought would shore up their offensive line and keep Joe Burrow healthy and keep him safe and not have, what, 10 sacks against the Titans? How many sacks did how many times did he go down versus the Titans in the playoffs last year? Uh, nine times. Nine, 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 nine times. times. Yeah. Mrs. Bueller, nine times. And he still and then, won the game. And then he still got sacked at least four times in the Super Bowl because I know Von Miller got two and I know Aaron Donald got two. I forget if anyone else in that Rams defense got another one, but at least four sacks in that game. Seven sacks against the Steelers, six sacks against uh the the uh excuse me, the Cowboys here. I feel really bad for Joe Burrow, right? Because yes. if he has a defense, a decent enough offensive line, he's winning probably both of those games. I, I, I like to say this too: he he won the Steelers game. Like he did I mean, yeah. everything he was supposed to do. Evan McPherson or Minka Fitzpatrick, more likely the long, the snapper. long snapper, sure. Yeah, but Minka Fitzpatrick took advantage as well. 
We do our power rankings on Wednesdays, so tomorrow's episodes we'll tape one up and do power rankings, and we only do one through ten. We do do a just didn't quite make the cut, the JDQMTC, but we never go all the way down to thirty-two. Mm-mm. Would the Colts be number thirty-two right yes, now? Yes, hundred percent. There's no question <laughs> about it. How could you not? How could you? How could they not? I don't know. They got Tom, shut out. Tom, twenty-four to nothing. We're recording this episode on a Tuesday rather than our normal Monday. Because the Mike Tomlin press press conference was yesterday rather than today. I don't know how we're on Tuesday, September 20th, 2022, and Frank Reich still has a job as the head they coach of the Colts. They got shut out. 24 does, to nothing. How does he have a job still? Yeah, that's bizarre. They And they do everything but get rid of Frank Reich. Like, they said, you know what, Carson Wentz, you're the reason why we lost to the Jaguars. We can't win with you. Get out of here. Oh, Carson Wentz is second in the league in passing yards right now. He just threw for like 337 yards. Carson Wentz is who we knew Carson Wentz was. Mm-hmm. 330 yards and four touchdowns, but there's going to be a backbreaker of an interception in there as well. Matt Ryan might be washed. I didn't think that heading into mm-hmm. this season, but washed comes for people real fast. Like it's a quick yes. It's a quick nose dive for Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Pate Manning. It's a quick nose dive unless you're Tom Brady and you have Botox and you're like in with which, which doctors just like really doing weird two. things to your yeah, body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just those two guys have been and even, seemingly the only ones who can escape uh, father time. And unless Brady is forced to retire by his wife Giselle, if he keeps playing until the wheels fall off, if Rodgers keeps, we'll see a, a nose dive eventually from them too. It's just it just happens to everybody. So it might be happening for Matt Ryan right now in Indianapolis. But you're right. Like it's enough of the oh, it's the quarterback. Ah, uh, Philip Rivers was just not able. We got to the playoffs with him, and now he's retired. And Carson Wentz uh, lost us that game against the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Let's get rid of Carson Wentz. When in reality, they've lost like nine straight games in Jacksonville, and Wentz has been the only one. Wentz has been around for one of those. Reich, Reich's been around for like seven of them. Mm-hmm. Like, and and I'll say this too: they haven't won a season opener, Tom, since 2013. You know what the Colts do, though, right? Like they'll go on like a random five-game winning streak in the middle of the season, and everyone says, and "Oh, like, well, here come the Colts!" And they'll be like, "They get in the playoffs." They're like, dangerous. Guess what happened last year? They did that, and then they lost three of their last four. Yeah, remember the- before they lost to the Raiders on Christmas Day, everybody was like, "Oh, the Colts are the most dangerous you team know in the why? AFC." It's because like the week before, they had won uh, that game against New England, where Jonathan Taylor ran for like two hundred yards. Oh, they blew them out. Yeah, they blew New England out. Yeah, so. The Colts really collapsed at the end, and they've collapsed out of the gate at the beginning of this year. Uh, the AFC South has one win amongst four teams right now. <laughs> Your Jacksonville Jaguars are in first place with a stranglehold on that division. The way the Titans and the Colts look, too, I would not be surprised, honestly, if the Jags hold on. The Jags look the best of all four well, yeah, teams. The Titans are a dumpster fire. The it's... Jags lost to the Commanders in Week 1, but they made it a fight, and they came back in the right. game. And then they shut out the Colts. Like, they look the best of any of the teams. Yeah, it's not going to—they have—I like them more so than I like the other three teams right now. Because you can't really respect the Texans. The Colts are the embarrassment of the league so far, and the Titans just— a huge setback. Speaking of the Titans, last like, you don't really care so much about the Titans getting blown out by forty-two to seven by the Bills as much as you do the Colts losing. Oh no! Or tying their season opener and then losing to Jacksonville. Oh, no, I don't even put any. I, not even close to the same. The Titans' of stock. loss in Week One to the Giants completely forgotten about because it's all about the Colts. Losing to the Jaguars and tying with the Texans. Yeah, the t- the Titans getting stomped last night is is no big deal to me because no, not the, at all. The Bills are just a juggernaut mm-hmm. of a team. 
Uh, but speaking of the Titans, Malik Willis was the first quarterback that made his debut in the 2022 season from this draft class. So if you had the uh, Malik Willis ticket, please go up to the cashier and cash that in. It was uh, And it's funny to see. I think Mark last night on Twitter was having fun with people, and it was just like Malik Willis played a game before Pickett. The Steelers made the wrong choice. And be like, oh, my God, they're losing 21-7. How would you say that? <laughs> like, obviously, he's baiting a bunch of these people into sure, be, yeah. acting stupid, but I don't think anybody thought Malik Willis was going to be able to see game action before Kenny Pickett did, and it took just catastrophe from the Titans. My question is, what happens now? Do you just say, hey, Ryan, we're taking you out because you're getting beat up here in Buffalo? live to fight another day, let's let's have a short memory and you'll be our quarterback next week? Or is there a real thought in Vrabel's mind that is it time to go to Malik Willis earlier than anticipated? I I think it's the latter. Because be Malik Willis looked bad. Like, he had a couple of okay plays, and then he looked bad against the, the, the Bills. I, I believe he threw a pick six. I'm honestly surprised that Vrabel was willing to throw in Malik Willis that against fire. the Bills. What do you do in week two? It was Tannehill through the pick six, not Malik okay, Willis. Well, Malik Willis went one for four for six yards. Not great. Not great. Not the best. Not the worst. No, it's it's the worst. But why, I don't really understand. I have no problem with Vrabel saying, listen, Tannehill, it worked for the first couple of years that you were here, but last year you threw those four interceptions against Cincinnati to lose us that playoff game. Here you are, you laid a goose egg against the Giants, and now you got nothing to do against the Bills. At least let him finish out that game. Why are you talking about throwing Kenny into the fire? Why in the world would Vrabel in Week 2 throw his rookie quarterback into a Buffalo Bills fire like that? And meanwhile, Josh Allen just got a fourth quarter off. Yeah, he's just so good that Case Keenum just mopped up the game for him. Von Miller was taking selfies with fans in the fourth quarter. That team, I've been saying it for a couple weeks now. As far as the Super Bowl favorite goes, that's one of the heaviest I've seen in a long time. I mean, we always— Defense, offense, their punter— bo- They didn't have to punt the ball for the first time this year until, like, into the second quarter against the Titans, and the Titans returned a muff the first punt that the Bills ever did, and the Bills recovered, and then they scored a t- Like, And it was a boomer of a punt. for Like, uh-huh. all the way around the board, the Buffalo Bills are A+. And that, like, Madden overall, they're 99 overall right now. Yeah. On all, on all fronts, right? They got a great wide receiver. Their running game is better. Oh, my God. But- Stephon Diggs last night, That first of all, that first touchdown he had on fourth down and, what was it, fourth and two? How I don't know how he got so wide open on a fourth and two when it's pretty obvious, stop Stephon Diggs from getting the ball. Gabe Davis is out. Stephon that's Diggs. That's the thing that's so impressive. His number two was out, and mm-hmm. he just got a, he was even better. Oh, all those other guys, those filling guys, I don't even know their names. We're scoring touchdowns. Jake Kumro. But, but then so Reggie that was, Gilliam scored a touchdown. So that was the first Stephon Diggs touchdown. The second one, that was what, a 65 yard or something like that? Yep. And then there was a third one. And then the, the third one, sure. But that second one he had that he just took to the house with no effort, seemingly. Their rushing game is better this year. Yeah, really it's by better. committee. James Cook had 11 carries for 53 yards. Josh Allen only carried the ball once. That's but that, if Allen but, only carries the ball once and you rush the ball twenty four times for one hundred and one yards, four point two yards per clip. How much better is that than last but year? But you this remember, is great. you I, remember that run that he had, don't you? Yes, the ten yard scramble, and then he he like didn't really hurdle, but he tried to jump over a guy, and he's just getting hit from three different directions. He just gets right back. They up all and bounced and, off of him. Yeah, like it's he nothing. just gets right back up and says, "Yeah, it's it's hilarious because all week long people have been." 
uh, quoting what he had said, saying, yeah, I got to be smarter with some of my runs. I understand that I could do it as a rookie and a second-year guy when nobody really respected or nobody really knew who I was. I wasn't established yet, but now that I am, I have to protect myself. No, I'm just going to run out there for 10 yards and get hit by three different dudes and brush it off like it's nothing. Let's get to the speed round here. Okay. Cardinals. What a comeback against the Raiders, but also really bizarro and two-star for Vegas. The Raiders. You don't want to dig yourself into a hole in that. No, direction. I mean, first of all, Arizona looked dead after that first half. I don't know how the the Raiders didn't score. I don't know. Was it? Did the Raiders have any second half points in that game? The Raiders did not score. Oh, they scored three in the third quarter. Okay, th- how did not have a touchdown? With Devontae Adams. Yeah, and, and, and Hunter and Renfro. Darren Waller. Yeah. And Derek Carr. Josh Jacobs, yeah. I mean, kudos to Kyler Murray for having probably the the first comeback come from behind victory he's had in a long, long time. But again, Tom, is this just another, oh, well, it's it's week two for the Cardinals, so adds up, right? Wait until week eight, week nine, and then they're not doing that. Tampa Bay slept, walked through three quarters of a football game, and then scored 17 points in the fourth quarter and won 20-10. First time Brady's beaten the Saints in the regular season Mm -hmm. since joining the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So they got off of that schneid. Let's see, the Rams were blowing out the Falcons. Falcons did come back at the end of that game, but we knew the Rams were going to win that one. What's up with the Broncos? This offense ain't that good. Did you hear what happened yesterday, or not yesterday, Sunday in Denver? The Broncos were doing such a bad job of getting to the line of scrimmage on time. The fans had to start counting Counting down down the play clock. I know, and it's Russell Wilson. But to be fair, I also heard from Mina Kimes, okay, who's big a Seattle, Seattle fan, fan and yep. one of the best NFL analysts that there's going right now. Absolutely, he had trouble with that in Seattle. Play mm. clock running down on him and clock management. So maybe this is a little, you know, I don't blind think, spot of Russell. But Wilson's I don't game. think it's. I don't think Denver is the same as Seattle. I can understand not not focusing or, or losing focus because of the the crowd noise in Seattle, but that's not Denver. Doesn't have that. Trey Lance got hurt for the season. Yes. Jimmy G came in and just navigated them to like the most comfortable out of all the teams in the NFL, they were the most comfortable. They won twenty seven to seven and they were in front by two touchdowns from the very beginning. Is this a case where they're gonna get lucky that a quarterback, their starting quarterback, got hurt? No, because the they better waste, player no, playing? because they wasted a top three pick. They did. And well, wait, maybe not wasted. We'll see what happens. Well, but we'll, ha- we'll have to wait until next, next year. year. But, I mean, I feel like Jimmy G is going to lead him to the playoffs again, and I wouldn't be surprised if he wins a playoff game. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... We'll see. It's a weird I don't, It's I, a weird circumstance where the starting quarterback is out for the season, and you're sitting here going, they might be in better shape. Yeah, right. Right? I, 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 I mean, I didn't like the Trey Lance pick when they made it. If they didn't spend a billion dollars to get him or a billion dollars worth of draft picks to get him, I would have been, okay, that's fine. He fell to you. I understand. You don't love Jimmy G. You don't see a future with Jimmy G. Go for Trey Lance. But considering he's played, he started, what, two games in the first two years of his career, and you know he won't get start number three until year three of his career, it's a real, real shame on the 49ers part because they have a great team. That top three pick could have been used in a much better way to help the team now than just to say, oh, well, we need to try to go for a quarterback here. But, yeah, I think they might be better off just because Jimmy G knows how to lead that offense. Uh, Kyle Brand on Good Morning Football on Monday said the league needs to stop putting the Packers and the Bears on national television. Please stop. And the Cowboys, all three. Please stop. Uh, Cowboys I get because they're still a good team. The Packers, the Bears, though— Especially when they play the Packers, it's every year we get a Sunday night football game of those two because it's oh the Bears and the 
Dodgers, the Red Sox and the Yankees of football. It's like his point was like, no, the Red Sox and the Yankees sometimes beat each other. You mm-hmm. know, like this is a one-sided as one-sided rivalries get. Rogers owns the Bears. Yeah, it's not fun. No, it's not fun I, for anybody. I don't, I don't, I don't. There's no legal obligation there. But so next week it. we get Rogers and Brady at the 425 spot. I'm okay with that. So that's a great. I got no complaints. And guess what, Tom? You and I can watch that game all day from long from our couch, naked, beer naked and on pizza the couch. And I'm pumped for that game. The Giants are the most fraudulent 2-0 team I've ever seen. For sure. They are just like farting and, and stumbling you no their way longer, to 2-0. You no longer look at the Tennessee win in week one as the biggest upset of that week. No, not at all. The Lions mm, love it. score a ton of points. Uh-huh. Even when they lost to the uh, Eagles, the Eagles, they scored 35 points. So that's got to be exciting for Detroit, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Amon Ross St. Brown having a great oh, second year. Really underrated receiver. Might be top 10 already. Really? He's in Detroit, okay. so no one really knows about him. But dude's always open. I mean, maybe he, that's even more because he, he has Jared Goff throwing him the ball. He has an unbelievable streak of eight catches or more in a game. It's 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 NFL record-esque. It's unbelievable. Um, what else we got here? Oh, last the other one, Monday night game. The Eagles. Wow, are they impressive. They look like a team... Uh, we picked him to win the NFC East, I think, or at least contend for that. They don't only look like that now. They no. look like they're getting close to that Buccaneers, Packers, Rams tier of the NFC. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you put the Eagles in the AFC, right, regardless of division, they're going to probably be the fourth seed because they're not as good as the Bills. They're probably not as good as the Chiefs. Maybe not as good as the the, the Chargers if you just do a power rankings. But they're in the top three, I think, right now for the NFC side of things. If he stays healthy, Jalen Hurts Hurt. is a problem. MVP. For sure. He's definitely in the conversation right now. Right now, you respect the Eagles more than you do the Rams, yes. the Packers, yes. the Buccaneers. Probably. I just hate to say that I don't respect I Tom just Brady. I just listed you the top three teams of that conference. No, I think right now the Eagles are in front of that conference. And it's not like we said. It's not just like oh, they're just running it up with uh, Jalen Hurts. And, and Their the best part has about it, Tom, too, is that they play in the NFC least without Dak Prescott in Dallas. They could run away yes. with that division. Not only that, they could get the number one overall seed. Did you miss any of our show today? Well, guess what? You can download full episodes of all of our SNR podcasts, like The Drive, In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, The Steelers Blitz. All of it are available to download, and many, many more. It's on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. We will be back in the saddle again tomorrow with some fresh episodes and doing our Wednesday power rankings as we start to turn our attention to the Cleveland Browns and the Thursday Mm -hmm. night game short week for your Steelers. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Offerman. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. This has been the Steelers Standard. If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for Lemonade Days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.